hello and welcome to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. My name is Bianca Woolwick and I'm the host. I interview my friends and people that inspire me to figure out if they have the key to life and they feel successful or feel like they don't fit in like I do. Anyway, thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hey listeners, I am serving you a bonus episode because my guest for this bonus episode is my near, dear, lovely, one of my oldest friends, Kara. I've known her since college. It is her birthday today, so my present to her is making her listen to her own voice. So for my listeners, Kara is awesome. She's a literature enthusiast. Um, She is just such an awesome person, so I'm really excited to share this podcast with y'all. And I really appreciate all of the great feedback everyone's been giving me about the episodes. And uh, if you have any other suggestions or comments, feel free to email me at pdkmopodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you'd like to be a guest, we can get that set up. Um, I am going to start taking interviews soon. So thank you everyone for your continued support and please enjoy this birthday episode. How's it going? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Uh, to my listeners, this is Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. And the lovely voice you are hearing on the other end is my longtime college friend, Kara J. Hi. So, Kara, would you like to give your 30,000 foot o- overview, your elevator pitch, what you do, who you are, etc.? Yeah, I'm not like super great at talking about myself because I think I'm super boring. Not true at all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For work, I work in local government. I'm HR, so I do lots of hiring, investigations, firing, all that fun stuff. Working for local government really is kind of like um, Parks and Rec, so it's pretty fun. Yeah, Um, I I love it. (laughs) (laughs) It really is. It's really it's people are really that crazy. So I, you've told me, um, some interesting things here and there just over the years, just like nothing like invasive or crazy, but you like, you wouldn't believe like this came across my desk and I never thought I would see that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so for my listeners, Kara and I have known each other since college. Uh, and she and I went to the university, university of Northern Colorado. Um, usually when we say we go to UNC, everyone thinks it's North Carolina, but no, we went to the liberal arts college in Greeley, Colorado. (laughs) And, uh, that's how long we've known each other. Gosh, over 10 years now at this point. Yeah, I just found our um, graduation picture again that my mom bought of you and me and Justin. Which I, and it's so funny because he's like off the grid. Like, I don't know where he is or what he's doing in life, but I really hope he's well. Justin Dart, if you ever do listen to this podcast, Kara and I still have a photo of you and I from graduation for some reason that her mom bought. We should all, we should just get it framed or put it on a t-shirt or like put it on like looking for you posters. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, you and I kind of met because we would go to the same basement party and I'm surprised we never got like black mold or died. (laughs) Uh, No kidding. I mean, we're in basements in the middle of Greeley, Colorado, like in not the best areas with not the best people and somehow we we made it out. I would never like looking back on it now, like I would be so like, it was like hoarders. Like every, every college house you'd go into, it looked like, looked and felt like hoarders. It was gross. Yeah. And my roommates would end up like leaving me. So I would like end up sleeping in those basements. <laughs> so you're like, I guess I live here. 
Yeah, this yeah. is where I live now. You um you wrote in your questionnaire, you were like, I remember thinking you were just so cool. And uh we were in every class together basically. You and I had we we're both communications majors and you did journalism as well, didn't you? Or not just communication? I started with journalism and then um Kelly, the communications mm-hmm. professor, she told me that I wouldn't want to be in journalism because it was moving swiftly towards like the job that somebody would do by themselves and she knew I wanted to work with people. Interesting. Yeah. She was very interesting. Oh, she's a cool professor. Um, so, uh, I had every class with Kara and it's funny because you wrote that you envied me. I always envied you and your friend Lisa. Cause I was like, dang, they have like the best friendship ever. They watch survivor. They live together. <laughs> they talk about the bachelor. I have no friends. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, Kara's so cool. And so, of course, you're one of the few people I actually do keep in touch with from college because, um, one, we both moved to Denver, which is where you're from and where I moved to after college. And two, I don't know, just social media has a way of like us keeping up with one another. But yeah, so it's it's been nice to like continue our friendship. And I would say that like quarantine and COVID and all that has made it even stronger because we all kind of went into quarantine at the same time. And we all started zooming. (laughs) Yes. uh, I am actually kind of grateful for it because of how close we become. Yeah. I mean, we were always, I would say you and I were always like good friends before that, but this has definitely like strengthened our relationship. And then there's a few other people that we zoom with like uh, Jillian and some other people that I've like kind of like joined that like ragtag group. And it's great because now I'm like, here, here's other Denver friends, Kara. You're another Denver friend. Everyone be friends when it's safe. Yes, I'm so excited for when it's over. I have so many like drink dates coming up. <laughs> I know, I love it. I love it. So um, I just kind of like sprung this podcast on you. Like it was like, oh, I got laid off. And then it was like, I'm doing this now. Um, and you were one of the first people that actually agreed to like want to be a podcast guest. And this has actually just been sitting in my bay forever. But finally, I was just like, Kara, <laughs> we should probably record this. Um, So here we are. So when I approached you about imposter syndrome, you said to me, yes, I definitely feel it. I definitely identify with it. Um, So let's just hop into, you know, the the task at hand, the elephant in the room, which uh, with the first question, which is, do you feel like you have it all figured out? Yeah, not at all. Um, (laughs) I don't, I mean, but I just truly don't think anybody does, or I don't think anyone feels like they do, even if they truly do have it all figured out. But like, I definitely am in the career I want to be in. I have the best guy ever. I love um, him. Yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> I am healthy and I'm happy, but like I still live in a 700 square foot apartment and I don't have a huge savings account. I get lonely when it comes to like friends and people that want to hang out with me and I definitely still don't drink enough water. So maybe that's <laughs> one. <laughs> I totally identify with that feeling of having friends, but then still feeling like lonely. Mm-hmm. So it's something I'm working on in um in therapy, uh, where it's just it's weird. It's weird because I I feel like you and I are both kind of like we have very outgoing personalities, and so people tend to gravitate towards that. And then like on paper, sure, I have a ton of friends, but like I don't have a lot of people I can tell like my inner soul to and like not be judged. And I don't know if that's like where the loneliness comes from, or if it's just that like I need something from friendships that I don't seek out because I'm afraid of being rejected. Either way, both of those are uh, something I'm working on in therapy. (laughs) (laughs) 
can relate. Like, I definitely just kind of feel like sometimes I'm just a tag along that's just invited so people can feel like they're being nice. Um, you know what I mean? (laughs) Oh, poor Kara. Let's invite Kara. (laughs) Oh, I've never thought that, but oh, (laughs) that makes me sad. Well, that just segues on into feeling, um, the feeling of imposter syndrome. So do you feel like you fit in or suffer from imposter syndrome in what ways and what does imposter syndrome mean to you? Yeah. So, um, that I definitely don't feel like I fit in mm-hmm. all the time, but I mean, my friends are fantastic and this is nothing against them because I know this is all on me, but like, I just sometimes feel like, oh, they don't, I could be here. I couldn't be here and no one would care either way. And I don't know, you know, where that comes from at all, but I wish I felt like I fit in better. Um, but I don't know. And then I guess to me that what imposter syndrome means is like, you feel like you don't belong, but you ended up there just by chance, by accident. And I definitely feel that way, particularly in my career. Um, it's, I feel like I just sort of fell into my career. I was working at a summer camp for the city that I work for, for kids with disabilities. And HR would always come and talk to us about sexual harassment and no horseplay and all the boring stuff that I thought was boring then and now it's my life. Um, but I talked to them and I was like, hey, I kind of want to get into HR. How can I go about that? And they gave me an internship and that was eight years ago. And now I have a full career. And it's really, I just feel like I just didn't do much to earn this. But it's interesting because um, HR is actually something extremely difficult to get into. Like if you go to college for that in particular, you're probably not going to work in HR. Um, I had similar to you, Kara, like enjoying people and wanting to help people and wanting to work with people. I thought about switching careers from marketing into HR. And basically I was told like, you got to like get it real soon into your career and what you're doing or you're never going to get it. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> so <laughs> great. <laughs> so uh, I think that's awesome that you were given a chance and now it's kind of, you know, rolled into, into what it has. My husband always tells me, he's like, you should probably work in for a government job. Like it's great. And I am starting to see like the benefits more and more and more as I've seen him like in the military, but then also like we move a lot because military And, um, yeah, I don't know what I want to do next, but I know that like, I didn't get to just fall into something. Like I had to like really work to prove myself. And even so, I don't even know if that was like good or not, but I started out having to like intern for free, prove my worth. And then finally I got hired on and then prove my worth even more inside of an advertising agency. And it just was like, it just never felt like it fit me. And so I think it's really cool that you kind of knew what you wanted to do at a younger age because I'm still figuring it out. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm constantly scared that I'm going to wake up one morning and be like, I don't want to do HR anymore. But like now at this point, what the hell else am I going to do? Like I can't do anything. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe not. I mean, there's probably some cool stuff you could do, but yeah, I totally get that, that feeling of like, okay, that's just, just, this just fell in my lap. And then now like, is someone going to like figure out that like, I'm not qualified or whatever, even though now you've got like this eight years of a career, like under your belt, which is a lot. Yeah. And like, I'm just like totally constantly afraid that people are going to be like, Kara doesn't really belong in this job. Like I tried to get my HR license and I failed the test and like I barely any points and most people fail the test on their first time, but it's just like so frustrating. And like, it makes you definitely feel like made me definitely like 
rethink all my choices that I've made. <laughs> but I stuck in HR anyway. I don't test well in general. Yeah, I just have never like, been a great tester. <laughs> they take everything away from you. They, when you go to do this test, they take everything away from you, make you go through like a metal detector, wand you down, pat yep. you down. So like, I'm already like high stress about all of that. It's, yep. Yeah. And then like, the, uh, if it was similar to where I, I uh, got my insurance license and I had to do it in three parts. So I had to go like, I think I had to do two tests, but they'd strip everything away from you. You have to put it in a locker. They like fleece you down. Yeah. They like wand you. They're like, there better not be a recording device near there. I'm like, where would I put it? This does not have pockets. This is women's clothing from forever 21. <laughs> and then like you get in there and then everything's ripped from you. You're high stress, high anxiety. And you have to wait for this person to like print out a piece of paper. And he doesn't tell you whether you passed or didn't pass. He just like hands it to you. And then you have to decipher whether or not you did. Yeah. And it was not fun and I would not recommend it. And I did not like it. One bit. No, it's passed, very stressful. Though. Yeah, you passed at least. <laughs> yeah, but like insurance things that like most people know, you know, like I, 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 I also did this undiagnosed from ADHD and studying God, Scott would be like, you have to study, you need this job. And I'd be like, no, I, am. <laughs> I don't want to. And I, I, the only way I like absorbed it was I downloaded a book on tape, like to my phone and I just played it in my car, like while I was driving. That's smart. And, and that's the only thing that worked because I'm that bad at studying. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> but to go back to your point about like feeling like you don't belong in your friend groups and like kind of like the tag along friend or like you know, kind of that feeling. Um, it's interesting because you kind of met me at my most uh, insecure point of my life. Like when I like had gone from like not being popular in high school to then like going to college and not being popular in college, then like joining a sorority and then that didn't work out. And then I just <laughs> kept bumbling my way through college. You've seen the, me at my worst and I appreciate that we're still friends. <laughs> That's not how I viewed you at all. That yeah, that's, not... our, that's our imposter syndrome, right? Because yeah. like I viewed me like way different and you viewed yourself way different. I thought you were so cool. You thought I was so cool. You probably weren't <laughs> cool. Neither of us were. Yeah, really. None of us were <laughs> <was> cool. <laughs> so um, with imposter syndrome, it kind of tends to warp our view of success. But I always like to hear from my guests kind of what success looks like to them um, and if they feel successful. So what does success look like to you and do you feel successful? I feel like success is just such an annoying thing to define. Um, I, I don't think my career is what makes me successful. The times that I feel like I'm the most successful are when I make a positive impact on somebody's life. And Jeremy and I volunteer with a organization for kids with cancer. And those, I think those are the times I feel most successful, like working with those kids and those families and doing things like that. So I guess like, I guess making a difference in someone's life is probably how I view success. Yeah. I love that. I've kind of similar to you have felt like more joy from like, I did those adopt a kinder fifth grade, eighth grader thing. And I, like I did that and it made me feel really fulfilled. And now I'm like crafting that makes me feel fulfilled and just kind they of. They are cute. Do. Those bows are so cute. <laughs> uh, for my listeners, um, podcasts are a audio medium, not a visual medium, <laughs> but I made these rainbow Lisa Frank bow bows yesterday, just on a whim. Cause I could, 
and uh yeah they are really cute they, they look like the 90s threw up <laughs> i love it though i love the 90s yeah me too me too but i also feel like uh for me like i agree with you i can't really define success as anything monetary but i can define it as like how good of a person i am and how much i give to others and that's what makes me feel most successful is when I have the means to be able to help others. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to add about imposter syndrome before we move on to the best part of the conversation? <laughs> I think that just like one thing to add is to take you and I as a perfect mm -hmm. example is the people that you're looking at and thinking they are so cool. They have it all together. They're, they're in the same place as you are. Nobody, nobody knows, like believes they're the coolest and the best. And those people that you're viewing that way probably feel exactly the same way as you view, like feel. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I always say this, but you know, we're always looking at everyone's highlight reel. Not to say that like the way I did my makeup in college was a highlight reel by any means. <laughs> I would take, I would take my bronzer <laughs> powder and I would just take the puff and slap it on my face. And I didn't have brushes. What were those? Didn't fill my eyebrows in use sun in like crazy. Like I just, I, I'm college was just my blunder years and for sure, but they don't really like, just because you see something on social media or just because you see someone's outward appearance of what they want you to see, doesn't mean they don't have crippling debt or they're an asshole behind closed doors or whatever. Like if you're comparing yourself to others for a feeling of validation or a feeling of, uh, security in yourself, like you're not going to feel better. So always, you know, look at everything's everything and everyone as just people at their own pace doing their own thing. And just remember that like, you're seeing a highlight reel, you're not seeing the bloopers, you're not seeing things behind closed doors. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So I love to get to this part of the conversation, uh, where I just, I know what your answer is and I, it's very accurate to me. Um, <laughs> but, uh, what is one or a few things you're fanatical about and why? And I always like to go first, but Right now, I am fanatical um, to my listeners. I've mentioned it one time before. I did not have this thing. Now I have this thing, and I'm obsessed. I probably will never stop being obsessed with it. Um, I adopted, my husband and I adopted a uh, Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. He's a tricolor. His name is Bourdain, named after Anthony Bourdain. He is nine weeks old currently and adorable and he's so amazing. Cute. He's so cute. He's so freaking cute. And perfect. Like in every way, he's a perfect, perfect dog. Um, unfortunately to my listeners, um, if you've heard a dog in the past, that is my dog Murphy. Unfortunately, he had to be put down a couple, about a month and a half ago at this point. Um, Murphy was 12 years old and uh, just a senior, a senior boy, a big boy. And um, we were very sad, but we were very fortunate that the breeder we've been talking to as long as we had finally had the capacity in the puppy that we we're looking for. So Bourdain is a little ray of sunshine and we're very happy about it. And um, he's currently staring at me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, so I would say reading. I yeah. love to read, love to read. I have like six bookshelves in my eye line. And like I said earlier, my apartment's only 700 square feet. So my apartment is 50% books. Um, I've always loved to read and my dad used to tell me stories about how I would crawl on the floor and like push books with my head so that they would read it to me. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm reading about a hundred books a year. 
this year will be a lot more with all of the COVID stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Yeah. It's, I just love it. It's just a way that you can escape mm-hmm. from everything for a minute and just use something from someone else's perspective or in someone else's world, you know, just learn something new. Yeah. Uh, so for my, my listeners, uh, I've known Kara quite a long time. And, uh, one cute thing that she does for her friends is she has like these, this little sticker and she'll send you a book. Like if you're like, a good friend of hers, like I am, and you, I of course have not read the book yet and I will. <laughs> and eventually you'll get like a return package full of like bows and your book. And you're going to be like, what? <laughs> it's going to, it's going to pop up on a random day. But Kara to me has always been the personification of uh bell in the library scene where just it's all the books and she's singing a song and there's like birds flying and it's just so cute i mean obviously like nothing to do with like the beast and all that but no just the library scene (laughs) yeah don't don't get me started on the problems about the beast and gaston and bell (laughs) everything i just look back at like all of the disney movies and i'm just like oh even though i'm still fanatical and that's another thing that kara and i also have in common is that we're obsessed with disney Love it. <laughs> Absolutely. How do you feel about uh, the new ride proposal? I'm really excited about it. I remember the last time I watched The Princess and the Frog, I was like, that would be a cool ride, like a cool river ride, mm-hmm. and you could be on their lily pad. And so I think it's definitely the right choice. I agree. I think it's great. And it makes me feel really good that, especially given Black Lives Matter right now, that they had actually been working on this for over a year and that they had had the good sense to start the project before all this went down. So it wasn't like a Band-Aid situation when they're like, oh, we have all skin tones now. You're like, no. No. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was always kind of a Band-Aid because Sound of the South was definitely bad. (laughs) Oh, yes. The worst. Um, So for my listeners, uh, we didn't say it out loud, but we're talking about Splash Mountain, uh, the uh, shrine to racism at Disney World and Disney World and Disneyland. And we're talking about how we're excited that they're going to change it to the Princess uh, Princess, Princess and the Frog, which was a really cute movie that really, you know, speaks to the culture of the South and the way it needs to be showed. Yep, yep. So reading Disney, uh, you know, you also love Survivor. I could go down a million things. Yeah, reality even put TV. Down. We love reality <laughs> TV. I stand for it. Um, although I'm, I'm kind of falling out of love with The Bachelor, but I think maybe, maybe I'll have a renewed faith. We'll see. Probably not. Um, But what is one or a few unpopular opinions you have and why? I always use the example that cantaloupe is trash. Yeah. And that's funny because like, I don't want to steal your example, but I hate melon. All melon, watermelon, honeydew, cantaloupe. I've never liked it. I have like distinct memories of getting sick when my parents gave it to me just because I hated it so much. (laughs) (laughs) And now my parent, my mom and my siblings will make fruit salad and like leave some aside before they add the melon in because you can't even eat a strawberry after a watermelon's been in the same bowl as it because it tastes like watermelon. I love that you took it a step further than my hatred where I'm just, I'm just talking about honeydew and cantaloupe as the two shitty cousins where they're like, <laughs> yeah, you ought to bring each other to the party. You know, you didn't invite them. They're just filler. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but watermelon, I, I like the flavor if it's like added to something like, so if it's like watermelon gum or like watermelon sparkling water or like watermelon, you know, whatever. Yeah. I'm okay with that, but I'm not okay with, um, just like the watery melon, especially not, um, cantaloupe or honeydew. Uh, but I'm okay with pineapple. I love kind of a melon, right? 
Is it? I don't, is it? I don't know. I have no I idea. <laughs> no idea. But um, as a kid, similar to you, my parents would force me to eat it. And my mom would put salt on cantaloupe. And then she like, would like, as like a, you have to eat this or like, you're not up from the table. She put salt or like lime juice on it. And I just like want to hurl thinking about it. Yeah. No, that sounds awful. <laughs> Although I will say that there is a wild basin, which is Oscar Blues's uh, hard seltzer, which is a melon basil. And that's actually not bad. I agree. I think the I, taste is so light. Yeah, it's, it, well, it doesn't really taste like, it tastes to me more like peach than it does melon. Mm. So mm-hmm. I'm okay with that, but I definitely went into that can thinking I was going to hate it. And that ends up yeah. being my favorite of that sampler pack. So yes, agreed. Melon does suck. And I like your second one. <laughs> okay. My, my second one is that I have zero interest in Game of Thrones, whether it be the books or the show. Really the only thing interesting about it to me is uh, Sophie Turner, but she got pregnant now, so she can't chug wine at hockey games. So I'm out. But um, I do love that people love it. I think it's so cool to see people get excited about things like that. But it's just definitely not something I care about, and I'm never going to care about it. Yeah, it's um, it was something that I I think I, I want to say like for me, Game of Thrones was like I started watching it because like my ex watched it and then like I would continue to watch it because like that was what people would do on Sundays, you know, and then like you'd wait forever to like have it have it like come back. But that season, the last season, it was like I was being held with like a gun to my head and they were like, watch it. We're screwing it up, but you have to watch it. And I just remember just being angry after every single episode. Cause I don't, I'm, I'm very like, I'm a face person. I'm not a names person. Same reason I couldn't really read Harry Potter was because I couldn't pronounce the words. So I'm like, if, if you have a really complicated name from like whatever time Game of Thrones is, I'm just not going to remember it. I, so I don't, I didn't know who any half people are. They'd be like, oh, like so-and-so died. I'd be like, I don't know who that is. Well, you just watch them die. Well, I still don't know who that is. Like, I don't know their backstory. So for me, that was like more frustrating than anything because I watched the shows. I never read the books. And um, I don't know. I just also feel like anytime HBO wants to, into show they they just screw it up in some way so I just didn't really feel like it was ended correctly but I mean then again there was no book to go off of so eh, yeah I agree with you it just wasn't it wasn't great and um I I do I do think that there are really beautiful cultural phenomenons like uh, I just watched a, a movie on Netflix, which uh, to my listeners, I definitely suggest it. It's, it's cut. Um, Will Ferrell and uh, shoot, Rachel McAdams. Yes. And they are uh, from Iceland and they're competing in Eurovision. And Eurovision in Europe is like this huge global phenomenon, like on their side of the world where they send like their best quote unquote singer and they have to compete in this like lavish competition. It happens every single year and all of Europe like shuts down to watch this thing and it happens once a year. And it was a really great movie because I I used to date someone in the UK. So I'm very familiar with Eurovision, but it never airs in the United States. And I was just thinking like, imagine if we were a part of that. So we had the Olympics and Eurovision. Like, I mean, Eurovision might be all we get. I know. No we might. Olympics. No, no more. No more Olympics. <laughs> this year sucks. <laughs> it really does. Yeah. So uh, I can see, like, I can, I can see people getting behind that, but I definitely agree. And then it's weird when, like, people with Game of Thrones they get into it for the first time and they have so many questions, and you have to be like, third season. Oh, sorry, don't get attached. Second season. 
<laughs> yeah. Yes. So it's weird. <laughs> yeah. My whole office did like a pool of who would be dead and who would be alive at the end. And I was like, I am not even going to pretend like I want to care about this. You should have so, said like, you should have been like the, the, the small man wins, which is <laughs> yeah. not, not true. So, <laughs> um, Okay. So we talked about likes and dislikes, um, but let's move on to kind of, you know, as we've talked about COVID being a great pause in 2020 and kind of a crappy year for everyone. Um, what's currently making you happy in the world? A lot of things are. As much as this year does suck, like like I said, I get to reconnect with you and my friend Lisa, who we've been talking about earlier, she lives in Florida now, so I rarely get to see her, but this has given us the opportunity to see each other. Mm-hmm. And that's new and exciting and I love seeing puppies on video calls. So when Bourdain came, I was so happy. Yep. <laughs> um, I like that people are really stepping up right now and helping other people. And it's been really cool to see all of this. And Yeah. Yeah, I, just, I agree. It gave everyone an opportunity and a lot of people are taking it and running with it. And some people are just still being shitty and it's really showing you a lot about people. Absolutely. And I've like kind of talked to you about this where it's like, if you're just like sitting, stewing, like not doing anything like productive during this time, or you're like putting others health at risk because you're that selfish, like, or you're not learning or educating yourself based on the equality movement right now. That's like very, very vital. And it needs to change. Those are like the, 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 you know, red flags of like any future friendship I will ever have where I think that we're going to be sitting down, right? Like in the future when we're going on maybe a bubble BFF date or you're meeting someone new or you're even interviewing someone for a job, Kara, and you go, well, how'd you spend your pandemic? And they go, well, (laughs) that's such a good point. I refuse to wear a mask. And you're like, okay. Okay then. Well, (laughs) not getting this job. You never. (laughs) It makes me wonder. Yeah. Yeah. It's, very interesting to see how everyone's dealing with everything. Yeah. For the most part, I feel like our friends, or at least the people that like I know, you and I know together, they've been doing some pretty interesting things, but everyone's been at different points of their state mandated quarantines. So like Florida, like our friend Caleb in Florida, like Florida opened up way a long time ago, but he just got tested and he doesn't have it. So I saw that. I'm so happy. I know I did see that. I was like, because <laughs> I was worried. Yes. Um, and he also like just traveled recently too. Um, but, or like Jillian, who's like, I'm going camping or I'm going to set my backyard up and I'm going to do these things that are like really awesome. So it's, it's cool to see people do really interesting things with their time. Like, I think like you and Jeremy have like kept your date nights alive and done and kept your, like your Bob's Burgers nights alive. And you've done like all sorts of local businesses, like a wine tasting or a whiskey pairing. Like you've done, you've done so many cute little dates. Yeah, that's been my other thing that's making me happy is yeah. I love like the takeout cocktails. Mm-hmm. So great. And we get it through 2021. So fingers crossed that just sticks around because nothing I better. I hope so because I just feel like, I feel like wouldn't you make more money as a restaurant if you could offer your beverages to go, you can mark them up, but then also like you're making more of a ticket pro- cost if that yeah. makes sense. No, yeah, you absolutely, you absolutely would be making more money. And I think that, I do think that's just going to become the new normal. Yeah. I hope. <laughs> let's just turn it, let's just turn everywhere into New Orleans and Las Vegas. Yeah. 2020, elect me the president. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I don't even know. Like, I, I keep saying, like, I know it's going to be a new normal. It's going to be different. It's going to be so much, it'll be probably better in a lot of ways and different in a lot of ways. But I'm just curious, like, the cities that are purely based on tourism, like, I have no idea how they're going to survive. Like, Vegas, like, that's just COVID, COVID up and down a strip. Exactly. It's a cesspool <laughs> of COVID. It's gross. But so are, like, the Colorado ski towns. So it's going Seal to be off. Different. Seal them off. No one gets to go. <laughs> would they would stop um so but for my listeners uh, uh i-70 gets you into the mountains uh because i'm from colorado and uh there's ski resorts it's it's the only way to get into the mountains to go to these ski resorts and all they would have to do is just shut the tunnel exactly it wouldn't be hard yeah, it'd be fine <laughs> <laughs> everyone that snowboards is like shut up <laughs> yeah They're well like, you know nah. what you should have you should have lived on uh, closer to the pow bruh <laughs> I don't miss that. I don't miss like the traffic of that. I don't miss like people flying into our state and then just like being the worst. Cause we used to, I used to live um, really close to like the air train. So I would just see like the worst of the worst. And then I would all, the, the ski train would also dock at union station as well. So it was like the worst of the worst. And then like the worst of the locals. Exactly. Just, like on a constant loop on the weekends. I was just like, Oh, here's the ski train again. <laughs> Um, but that, I, I always wanted to do that. I never got to do that. So maybe that's on my bucket list still. I'm not sure. I don't like skiing or snowboarding though. Not a huge Me fan. neither. I would like to just sit in the appraise at the end. So really just find me at the bar. Same. <laughs> like, may, <laughs> like maybe I'll get on a chairlift and probably not. So <laughs> you can just meet me at the bar at the foot for the slopes. <laughs> well anyway um we are coming towards the end of this beautiful conversation um Kara, do you have anything that you would like to promote i mean really just kindness i don't have anything myself just don't be a dick to people just be nice. yes yes i i would agree with that it's so much easier to choose kindness especially right now um and I feel like a lot of people are like you, we, we kind of discussed like showing their true colors with COVID and COVID and Black Lives Matter and racism and all these things and LGBTQ, it's like, and not wearing a mask, all these stupid things. Um, it's also not that hard to be kind yeah. in, in return of those things. So it's like, I really don't know why everyone wants to fight on the internet right now, but I'm assuming everyone's just bored. And yeah, people are always yeah. wanting to fight and now they're just making it more personal and being dumber, I would say. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and uh I'm gonna follow up your kindness with read a book. <laughs> yeah. Read a book. If you need suggestions, let me know. <laughs> yep, yep. And Kara's uh, uh information, her uh Instagram will be in there. You can DM her and say, What should I read? Because I'm bored. And she'll give you a plethora of ideas. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, I love that. as we are coming towards the end, would you like to leave my listeners with any parting beautiful words? Um, just stay strong and we got this. I think that we are showing that we can come together and get through a lot of shit, specifically <laughs> as in the United States where you can see people coming together and that's been really beautiful. So just stay strong. We got this, guys. Awesome. I love that. 
Thank you so much, Kara, for taking the time to speak with me on Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. And to my listeners, if you like what you hear, please like, subscribe, rate, share, follow me on the social medias, DM me, I don't care, but spread the word because um, every story, every person that identifies with imposter syndrome is helping that many more people. So Kara, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. And I hope you guys have a lovely evening. Yes. Thank you for having me. Of course. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. All right. Bye. Hey listeners, I wanted to share a special promotion for you from Dash of Pep. Dash of Pep is a clothing boutique that offers non-binary clothing that has fun prints that support mental health and empowering you to be your best self. In this pandemic, it is great to shop small and support small businesses like Dash of Pep. More than 50% of my wardrobe is from her adorable store. Robin at Dash of Pep has graciously given me a promo code for you to use at checkout. Use PDKMO to receive 15% off your order. Again, that is www.dash of pep.com and you can enter pdkmo at checkout to receive 15% off your order. This has been Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, like, comment, share, tell a friend. You know, that's how I'm going to keep these stories going. Also, if you want to be a podcast guest, you can reach out to me at pdkmopodcast at gmail.com and we can get it set up. Thanks everyone for your continued support. And I look forward to, you know, connecting with you again next Monday.